Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Does streaming have any room to grow? And how to get fans to stop throwing stuff on stage. You're listening to The The Biz Biz Tape. Welcome to the Biz Tape, your all things music business and media podcast. I'm your host, Colin McKay, with my lovely host, Coast to Coast, Joseph Wazaleski, joining us with a Hello. relaxed, <laughs> positive attitude. Very relaxed, very pause, paused, very good attitude today. I, I started the day out, um, wonderful Colin, because I was awoken by my cat getting into a fight with another cat outside. I and she's you don't an indoor cat. cat. Yeah, I was about to say, how does that work? <laughs> well, um, the door was open <laughs> somehow, and I guess it was just wide open <laughs> all night wait, long. Wait, yeah. So you left your <laughs> and house I heard my door. partner going. I heard my partner. I was. I like. Like my partner got up to like get ready for work or whatever and i was like being lazy and i was sleeping in okay and all of a sudden i hear oh fuck oh fuck oh oh fuck oh oh As you're doing <laughs> i thought someone was in our house <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, it was a lot of low growling and and hissing and it was scary and she was all poofed out but just, she chilled out so we the door her. was open before, like, wide open before for your hours. partner did for <laughs> hour. Like how wide open? Like give me like a, a percentage. Like a hundred percent is like the door is wide open all the way to like the corner. Went to the door. It was like someone had walked in. It was <laughs> wide, wide open. It was open for business. 
There should have been an open sign on the back letting everybody know they could just walk in. There really should have. Uh, But what's funny, like, we keep her in the bathroom because she, like, we we put a a little cozy nest in there for her at night because she'll She'll just go crazy in the studio and she'll just go crazy and, like, break shit and, like, it's it's insane. But then, like, you know, in the morning time, once we're, like, if we, like, get up to go to the bathroom or something, we'll, like, let her out. And... (laughs) I mean, we let her out. I didn't even notice. <laughs> the door might have been open. Yeah, if you want to uh, meet Joe, he has an open door policy. Please come on by. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just come on over. Come on, we'll have, come on I'm in. like yeah, back to Marco. I'm like back to Marco where I invite a bunch of teenagers. That's what over. LA's <laughs> like, right? Everybody's just like chill and very easygoing and just wants you to be invited into their home. I don't know if LA and chill should be in the correct. <laughs> Like in the same sentence, fair, fair per se, but um, yeah, my door is sure. locked <laughs> just for reference. Um, but okay. this is where well, we differ, door, you, door you know, tomato, tomato, <laughs> you open, you leave doors wide open, I close mine and lock them. We're just two different people in the same world, we are. Um, and you know, mine is so much more of a popular populated area in Nashville, there's just so many more people here, and just. People walking down the street in Nashville. There's just so many more yeah, in people LA. Really, <laughs> Nashville's very metropolitan. Is a new word. That I thought I you were going to say Nashville's very Mesopotamia, and I was like, "Hello." It's very Mesopotamia. It's it thrives off of its Mesopotamian. It fry. Roots. It's uh, the kunai form here is insane. Anyway, um, <laughs> Joe, who wants to start today in music business news after that bit? Um, I'll start. I'm down. Uh, okay. Um, so the big news uh, from Billboard, the big question is how do we get fans to stop throwing shit on stage? And our favorite recurring uh, segment, stop yes, throwing things uh, at people on stage. Exactly. So we've talked about this for weeks now, which Colin has alluded to, about how huge art- artists such as Cardi B, Baby Rexa, Little Nas X, and Pink have all had shit thrown at them while they are performing on stage, such as weaponized iPhones, which was the case for Rexa. They got pelted in the face uh, by some random dude who just chucked it full force um, to someone's mom's ashes in the case of Pink. Which I had the Um, delight of telling Joe about. (laughs) Yeah, which there's a lot of layers to that one. Um, it, some of which I don't. I think Pink probably still thinks about. So <laughs> I get what you mean because, like, we kind of had a debate about: is this like higher than usual? Are we also just, you know, maybe more observant in the digital age with phones, or are people just more, uh, you know, down to throw stuff at people? You know what I mean? So what, yeah. what does Billboard have to say about this? How can we have a, some, we, you know, this world's got a lot of problems. We don't have a lot of solutions. Here we go. Yeah. Billboard's got Well, <laughs> Billboard states that this crowd phenomenon is not really that new to the music world. Um, and they referenced, like, uh, you know, underwear being tossed at Tom Jones while he's performing, like mixtapes being tossed at, uh, like, there's this big DJ called Girl Talk. Um, and even a live chicken was tossed on stage with Alice Cooper, yep. um, who <laughs> thought that if he threw it back into the crowd, the chicken would fly. <laughs> the chicken did not fly. 
So I don't know if that chicken's alive anymore, but um, anyways, uh, it's definitely not new, right? Like things like this have happened before. I think what's different is that instead of trying to gain attention and approval from the celebrities performing on stage, a lot of these uh, recent like throwers are trying to get the approval throwers. and atten- yeah, and attention from the audience themselves. Um, they're trying to get famous, basically, from doing this stuff. They're trying to like have their 15 minutes of fame. Um, and it's kind of amped up. I think like the more and more coverage that is talked about with some of the stuff, the more and more people want to do it so that they get on the news, you know? Um, but yeah, like why is this the case in general? Um, John Jury, who is a professional, uh, professor and so, uh, of sociology, um, at the university of Sussex, Ah, let me redo that. So many S's. <laughs> so many, too many S's to count. You know what? Like, keep that in. <laughs> I, want, I want people to know I struggled so hard. John Drury, who is a professor of social psychology at the University of Sussex, and states, <laughs> states that it is a residual impact from COVID arguing that fans are, quote, out of practice and a lot are new to the concert scene. And, of course, people are seeking attention from those people um, and have seen that people get online and go viral from doing this stuff. Um, So, yeah, I mean, he kind of confirmed the case for, like, our hypothesis, right, Colin, of, like, Mm -hmm. uh, the previous episode of us talking about this of, like, COVID had a major impact on the way people socialize and the way people interact with other people in public that I think a lot of, I think a lot of us are kind of like not understanding and ignoring on like a day-to-day level, right? Like I, I, I mean, I'm sure like everyone has felt this as well, but like, like I have felt much more recluse post-COVID than previous, and, oh, I, yeah. and I think it's because it's just like, you know, it's like two years of just like hunkering down yeah. pretty much. And like and we have, uh, you know, we, we had a very put one foot in front of the other mentality when it came to life and business after COVID. And I think like you're saying, a lot of people may inexplicably because they had never examined their feelings and grief that they went through in COVID have had a personality shift as this professor of Sassafras has told us. <laughs> I'm gonna get so many UK people. I could get so mad. <laughs> and at least our schools. Um, keep going. Um, that's what they're gonna say to me. Um, so how do we get people to stop throwing shit? That is that is the general question here. Um, well, self policing in fan groups seems to be the most ideal way, um, as well as possibly the most effective. Because when people understand the rules from other fans, either being educated um, in concert etiquette or by leading by example during the event, um, it's like it tends to like like take away the problem before the problem even happens. Yeah, um, pretty much. And like I think a good example, right, is like 
I think like a Taylor Swift concert is is a good example of that. Everybody knows that there's rules to it. It's almost like there's uh, even the show itself has like little catchphrases that you say during like her sets and like uh like things that uh like people do during the set and like same with harry styles where i literally witnessed a whole line dancing section of a stadium (laughs) during his set it kind of reminds me of like uh the same weird like formality that like rocky horror picture show you know yeah i was and that's what i was gonna allude to it's like some of these big event shows are very much like it's a communal event like everybody wants to like pitch in and be part of it whereas like rocky horror picture you know you're throwing spoons (laughs) at the screen um people want to throw spoons at people in real life um as it seems but yeah it's like even even at like you know harry styles uh he's had shit tossed to him on stage i didn't see much in the taylor realm i think like to be honest most people attending Taylor concerts are a bit more versed uh, with the concert etiquette, but billboard actually kind of like notes um, that one of the main reasons that this could be occurring is actually because of the, the concert experience itself um, where you're kind of asking these people to be in like very, very enclosed, enclosed spaces with a lot of people a lot of crowd. Um, a lot of the times you're waiting hours and hours. It's such a hassle to get to a concert mm-hmm. now. Like I feel like I, I like went to a big show the other day um, and I was like shocked with how much traffic there was. Um, and the same with Taylor Swift, right? Like if you're driving Taylor Swift and you're parking your car at this like massive stadium lot and then you're walking like a mile to get to another line, which leads to another line, which leads to security. Everybody then singing. leads to your seat. And then if you want to go to the bathroom, guess what? It's another line <laughs> at the bathroom. And then when the concert's over and you're heading out, there's tons of people all heading out at the same time, driving like in the same time, getting to their cars at the same time. And it takes like two hours to get out of concert when you're there at like 12 a.m., right? So people generally are like kind of being cattled (laughs) for lack of a better term. And I think like in a lot of cases, people like it's kind of against human nature to some extent, right? To just be like packed together this close and for this long periods of time. Well, Um, and you got to think of it historically too. It's definitely one that... um, it, because it, I would say it's very akin to how people who were pre nine eleven thought of flying. You know what I mean? Like you could just get on a but you could go up to the tarmac of the plane. You know what I mean? Right? Mm-hmm. And then post nine eleven, due to all the security concerns and all that stuff, we made this all tighter. And concerts have gotten the same way, right? Like we have done the same level of increased security due to the you know, tragedies that have occurred through time, which slows everything in the process, which I could totally see could aggravate fans who feel like this should be easy. I should just be able to walk in, take a seat, and then leave, right? But the Mm -hmm. scale of these concerts has just gotten bigger, so that's another thing. And then on top of that, 
it's just the security risk security well. and also just these other systems at play that have to be involved that just slow down the entire thing and do end up adding to the fan for right reasons but psychologically probably could have an impact on someone's uh, well-being being like i feel like i'm trapped here fuck it i'll just throw it aside. you know what i mean like that's i feel like it's just like i'm already so tired as it is <laughs> mhm yeah i mean another way that uh Drury actually says it might be an effective way is to basically create like happy propaganda that showcases the fun side of being together, a lot of togetherness and like helping people and like, you know, uh, just kind of spreading that throughout. Like I'm, I, I feel I'm glad like you a good example up, for Joe. that is Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo does a great job of that. Like a lot of outdoor festivals do that. And so maybe it's like now it's time. Oh, we need to start like migrating that into. It's an time for my here. dream to occur. We're gonna have the weird race, like in baseball, where like here's all the tools racing on the side of the field before you know Taylor Swift starts, and that'll be like the fun. <laughs> and then we get, hey, here I'm Bob in the stands, and I'm with what's your name, Casey. Casey, if you can answer these ten questions. We'll give you $2,500 to Home Depot. You know what I mean? I, I would love that. Like, if I'm just waiting for a concert, you know what I mean? Like, if we just started doing those kind of, like, baseball crowd kind of things, because they're just so fun. They're honestly my favorite part I, of the game sometimes. I remember I went to Justin Timberlake uh, at Bridgestone Arena with my buddy Will. You've literally been talking and about this concert for years. I've heard about I this know, concert so many but times. Literally, the f- it, first off, the opener was like this boy band, right? And like, Makes it sense. was like, yeah, yeah. It was like, okay, cool. They were like fine. <laughs> they they weren't like mind blowing. The songs weren't that good, you know. But they danced. They danced their little hearts out. And I appreciated them for that. But after every song, they like were like, guys, if you follow us and DM us, it enters you into a competition today to where you can meet us <laughs> backstage. And <laughs> literally, <laughs> me and Will looked at each other and they did this like five times throughout the set. It's too the many whole times. Set. They did it so many times. And then we were like, like we looked at their account, and it, the account wasn't getting too much action, Colin. It wasn't, it wasn't doing well. Um, and we were kind of like, I think if we DM'd them, it, it reminds we me. would win. Yeah, right. It reminds nobody me, else is doing it. It reminds me of that infamous, um, like one of the one of my favorite like top ten YouTube videos of all time, which is Drew Gooden going to the uh, Jake Paul concert and like. Yes. All of the it's openers do that the entire time. They're all like, hey, follow me on Spotify if you like this. My name's DJ whatever. And they do it like 20 times, so then it becomes nothing. But I also wanted to add is like in that way, there is a lot, in which I will give the NLB out of all things. I didn't think they were going to get a shout out. you know, Or, you know, I think that uh, – they realize their sport has a lot of boring stuff going on in the middle of it while we're waiting for logistics to do, right? So it's kind of funny because now concerts on top of it takes forever to get in there, it takes forever to get out because of the systems of play that we've all agreed are essential to provide safety. I think on top of that, it's 
the length of the concerts is insane too. You know what I mean? So you're just going to have more mm-hmm. fatigued people, right? So it, it, I'm not saying like mid-show, it's not going to be like, oh, Taylor, wait, we're going to do the Corgi race in the middle of the set. You know, like, no, like that's not what we want. But what I mean is like, why isn't there just like, we're just all waiting here. You know what I mean? Just let the house guys and the entertainment crew being like, we have a t-shirt cannon for all the Taylor Swift fans. Uh, who wants a t-shirt? Well, Free I think, t-shirt. You know? I think a lot of that is, is very dependent on openers too. And that's why like picking your opener is very important, but a lot of acts tend to not care who their openers are. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, and and so sometimes it can like lead to, People who are disgruntled. Weird pairings. Just waiting. Yeah, weird pairings and like just kind of people being like, why am I listening to this? That was like, I saw Bob Dylan when I was like 15, 16. You told me about this concert. Yeah, here's another for years. (laughs) And so uh, here's one like that. I uh, saw Bob Dylan and it was at the uh, amphitheater near Atlanta and I was at Lakewood uh, and literally we were there and for some reason, Bob Dylan, which was fine, but I just was like not part of this crew of people that was excited for this. They just had every like kind of adjacent indie, and this was before Americana really started becoming a term, but it was like indie Americana adjacent would open, and it was like four or five bands before Bob Dylan. And so it was, mm-hmm. I remember it was like, at the time, it was like My Morning Jacket, which was, okay, I'm, I like Jim James better than I like My Morning Jacket. And it was like, I, it just wasn't the best performance I'd ever seen. Also, for some reason, Bob Weir was at every set. Bob Weir would just come up and play for whatever. <laughs> it just felt very, like, individually, I'd probably be like, I like these bands. But for some reason, I, like, all together, I was like, this is too much. I just wanted to see this person. Didn't Wilco play that Wilco too? played, too. I was just like, yeah. it was just like every that makes kind sense. of 2000s. I, I feel like Wilco... It was like every kind of 2000s indie band, but it was like too much. And I was just like, I, you know, no offense to them. I bought these tickets for Bob. And so this is kind of where I'm thinking that maybe people get aggravated and start making stupid decisions because then their emotions start to play and it just spirals. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I think a lot of, I think the majority of it is definitely like the internet fame, fame, right? Like, the infamy that you get from it. Like people are excited about it. By the way, I wanted to add this story through my kind of connections because you mentioned Cardi B. Cause if you guys didn't know, Cardi B had a drink like directly thrown at her and she basically retaliated and she threw a microphone at the person that threw the drink at her. She was going to get sued for a second by that person. And then the lawsuit got dropped. That was kind of the end of the story. But through the connections I know in audio, uh, I've seen a link to it, and it's still up. I actually went and checked it. The company that owns the microphone is auctioning it for charity right now. And it's just a regular... It, this is the post on eBay. You can find it. It's sure accident digital mic Cardi B threw at a person. Auctioned for charity. Holy shit. That's so genius. It is at... Okay, and then like... I mean, I don't know if this is truly going to happen because it's eBay. I'm, you know, hoping the best that this is what it's for. 
it said I would they would do something good with the profit. They like go into how they have this connection or whatever. They're the local sound company that provides it. They said one hundred percent of the property will be or profit will be split between two charities. First charity is the Las Vegas charity called the Friendship Circle Las Vegas. The Friendship Circle is an organization that has teens and young adults volunteer helping children, teens, and other young adults with special needs. And then the second is the Wounded Warrior Project, right? Um, the microphone's at $99,000. Holy shit. <laughs> That's insane. The microphone itself, probably, like, just in equipment-wise... It's like 100 bucks. Worth... No, no, no. This is an Axiom Digital, like, handheld, so it's an 82. So it's like... It's... You know, I deal with this all the time, which is so funny that I kind of get, uh, you know, off the price. It's about a grand. Yeah. Plus, you get the... Uh, hmm. I, I guess there's a 58 capsule on the top, so it's probably like $1,100. Yeah. Um, anyway, I thought that was funny. I was, I was like, this is literally becoming such an event to people, being like, this is a point in history because of the throwing stuff that people are literally going, mm-hmm. I will put literally top dollar on this. Well, yeah, and that's that's another thing is like that internet kind of historic moment, right, is like, that's what people get their high on, right? From like throwing shit being at artists. That and yeah, and I and I hope like eventually that's gonna die out as like the fad of it dies out. Um, but what they were saying too uh, in the article is like, I mean, one of the biggest ways is being strict when someone crosses the line, um, such as the fanny through through the phone at Baby Rexo, which is now he's now facing Criminal federal charges. charges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, from throwing that he might receive jail time. Yeah. So it's, um, should just not throw shit on stage. Also in terms of bad takes, which I understand maybe the sentiment, I saw this going around. I don't know if you saw jelly roll talk about this at all, but basically I'll give him some due diligence here. He, he basically said, um, quote, I've been getting shit thrown at me my whole career. Um, dude, I can't believe people are throwing such a fuss about getting stuff thrown at them. And then he said, uh, you know, like people he knows have agged them on the crowd and then, you know, kind of like play stupid games, get stupid prizes. But it's like kind of like these people aren't doing it. A lot of these people that are getting stuff thrown at them. Um, but he said, quote, I'm not making light of getting thrown stuff thrown at them, but I grew up in bars. I've been getting uh, shit thrown at me. I've been having beers thrown at me. I've jumped off stage and gotten in physical fights in the early days. Um, and basically saying, wait, why is he flexing on that? Yeah. Well, I, I think maybe it's a little bit like I'm tough. You yeah, know guys, I mean? I've fought shit like, but for everyone, I think it's, that's kind of part of his uh, mystique, but like, he's kind of like, I'm tough. You know what I mean? But like at the same time, I would say the Jelly man Roll, named jelly roll. I know I, I would say jelly tough. roll. I'd be like, man, you just, you can't, the, in the same way, he has this example with Yellow, Yellow Wolf where he said, Yellow Wolf had the audacity to say, bet you can't hit me with a bottle rocket and got dozens of them. He had to st- ask them to stop. I'm like, Jelly Roll, you're asking the well, same Colin, thing. Colin, Colin, he's only human after all. Oh, God. Was that he's him? Only I human forgot that after same. all. God. Um, <laughs> no, but like uh, basically, um, anyway, that's kind of my point is like Jelly Roll's like, I'm tough. I got this. And I'm like... I'm not agoning it on. And I'm like, you just did a thing where you said, I'm tough. You know what I mean? I don't care. 
people are making too big of a deal of it. But literally when people are getting black eyes on stage and also it's just a stepping stone, right? If people think this is normal behavior at a concert, someone's going to do something. Someone's going to throw something more dangerous. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And like, not to I be mean, like, it's just ultimately it's concerts should be a safe environment for everyone. Right. That should be, the line and in bare minimum so, we should like, be disincentivizing throwing stuff right like we shouldn't yeah, be exactly. like you're an artist you should just be able to take it it should just be like uh no um this, this shouldn't happen at all even if it was like something that's not gonna you know immediately kill you it's like we should like you said have disincentivization of the whole thing going like no if you throw stuff at them you're out of here because it disincentivizes someone throwing something even crazier you know what i mean yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is like a lot of these venues need to have a zero tolerance mentality on it. Yeah. As as harsh as that is, but it, like if you throw something on stage, you need to be just kicked out of the show. And you don't know, like you just don't know, like some of the things, like I think it's also a slippery slope kind of thing where, you know, if you kind of allow this, then you're going to get more dangerous stuff that'll kind of permeate through. And then on top of that, mundane things can be very dangerous, like a beer bottle could be very dangerous if it hits you yeah. in the right way. You know what I mean? So an iPhone's dangerous, right? And the, you got to think like, that maybe like, Rexa had the biggest shiner I've seen. Well, you got to think <laughs> too, minute. like these are people that if they're not like, they're looking at hundreds of people in front of their sightline at one time. It's not like you're in a room with someone and you feel like there's a chance they could throw something at it. So you can kind of ready your body. Like the, it's like, this can come from absolute no, nowhere. You can get completely blindsided up there. So things that are mundane can get really dangerous, really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Colin, are you going to throw anything on stage anytime soon? Um, and if so, what, <laughs> what would you throw on stage? Uh, I no comment would uh, throw <laughs> probably, my what would i throw my support <laughs> that's a good one um, that's a good one but and, you know and, what i'd actually i'm gonna throw my smoke detector um because it's been beeping too much and i don't want to deal with it anymore. i have one smoke detector currently not in its socket because it kept beeping anyway um <laughs> joe's leaving doors open i'm gonna die in a fire you know these are the things that we live in Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Anyway, let's talk about my story. Spotify. Let's go into this. I like talking about Spotify every time on the show because people always wonder why I talk about Spotify a lot because they are the poster child of music streaming. So if something's happening with them, it's kind of happening to everybody, right? And so we talked about it. Like the last time we really talked about it, like the stock had rallied. I mean, like I've been talking about it since, you know, the whole Joe Rogan, Neil Young thing that tanked the stock. And then we've had the bubble kind of burst for a lot of these streaming model companies over the last year, you know, and everything. So what what the heck's going on with Spotify? Well, it's not great, but it's not bad, but it's definitely something that needs some answers, basically. And I kind of have a radical answer that Music Business Worldwide 
asked and has been asked apparently multiple times is what they say. So I've wanted to get into it. But first, let me give you some context. Spotify, again, is doing better than it has done of late. Like it's kind of, uh, you know, the stocks rallied up, but it's nowhere close to the heights it was during 2020, anything close to that. And, you know, with all these streaming companies, they have the same problem, which is that they're just not consistently profitable, right? Like they're just not profitable. They'll maybe have one quarter and they're consistently not. They're all senior growth stocks. And as the Mm -hmm. economy and the interest rates get worse, people ask, where's my money, right? Um, So they have a lot of pressure on them. Spotify's revenue as of Q2, because we finally have these Q2 numbers, Spotify has a revenue of 3.18 billion euros, remembering that Spotify is a European company, which was $30 million under analyst like predictions. So they fell under their predictions. Still making money, but not as much as people think they should. So this caused mm-hmm. the stock to fall over 14% last Tuesday. And now it sits close to that amount down as well now. So people are wondering where can Spotify get this more money? You know what I mean? Where can we get this more money? And I'll hit on it later. You know, there's a lot of prevailing theory that we're getting close to the market utilization and market cap of how many people can join streaming for the first time, right? And I'll get into that whole conversation at the end. But Music Business Worldwide asserts the question, what if Spotify got rid of the free tier to generate more revenue? Hmm. Like completely got rid of the tier. And according to Music Business Worldwide, they say they've actually been getting this question a lot. So this is why they did did a pretty good research article about it. And they say, quote, a couple of high-profile music execs have even been asking them over and over. And I was like, vague, but okay, Music Business Worldwide. Um, I'll, I'll take it because I like your articles. But some of their competition has joined the likes of like the No Free Service Club. I will say they're not alone. Uh, their biggest competitor, Apple, their bread and butter is the free, you know, kind of like six months on Verizon, all that kind of stuff. So not nothing like that. But the, some of the smaller fauna have uh, done it. So we have uh, Ghana, Deezer, and now the newly named TikTok Music all don't have a free service Ooh. whatsoever. That used to be a Rezo, if you remember me talking about that is, months ago. Is TikTok music live now? Is it launched? It's not live in the United States yet. It has some trial runs in Australia and a couple other territories. It has not launched in the United States. I When I was talking about Rizzo and their music streaming platform, this is the same platform, but they've now rebranded it to TikTok Music, and it's definitely going to come to the United States eventually. Um, so they're taking it slow, but they, from the get-go, and even in these other territories that are traditionally have more free members in them, they're starting off, hey, you got to pay for this service. So Music Business Worldwide is like, hey, Spotify's not alone on this. There's some other competitors that are going with this. And they've kind of made some calculations and assertions to calculate what has Spotify got to gain if they tried to convert specifically all their United States and Canada free users to paid users. Because that is overall the biggest market um, in general for streaming, but also for free music, right? And so Music Business Worldwide estimates through a bunch of math you can read in the article below, which we link all our articles below, uh, estimates that there's 48.6 million free users that are actively in the United States and Canada. 
Um, Damn. That is also, that estimation basically came with another estimation that they're making around $220 million a year in ads on the platform, basically. So if you think about it, if we made all of these free users into paid users, they would lose the $220 million in ad revenue, but they would gain more money from people paying a flat subscription fee. But obviously, if you're trying to convert everybody to free from free to paid, you're going to have some people that just say no. So Music Business Worldwide did some more calculations, and they estimate that about, and this is a range, about a third of them would have to become premium service to offset the loss of ad revenue. So 14 million people of those 3 million people would have to start paying for Spotify for it to just break even, right? Um, Again, a lot of this is estimation because Spotify has this very lucrative market in the United States and Canada, as many streaming services do. And there's a lot of estimation of how much money they make off specifically each user. Because in Canada and the United States, the it's just more efficient how that money goes, basically. So instead, like if you have a twelve dollars subscription, Spotify could make eight dollars in reality off of you because they have their costs and other things, and you know, just very very nerdy money things where they just lose money in that transaction. So basically, depending on the range of how much money they actually make per subscriber, which they're never going to tell you. Um, they have to convert between that one third, 29% to 18% of those free people to cover the cost of ad revenue, which is actually like, like a third is where it starts getting gargantuan, but like 18%, you know, conversion rate is not out of this world. You know what I mean? Like to get people to pay for the service that some of these free users have been using for years. So they're kind of addicted to it. So they're probably just going to pay for it. And we saw that with, um, as well, Netflix, I, I mentioned briefly, and I'll mention them again probably in this story, is uh, a couple of shows ago when Netflix did their whole, hey, if you got another account, you know, you got to buy another account. Like you can't share it with all your family. You know, it's all IP based, all that kind of stuff. So we'll know if you're not in the same household. That has gone over remarkably well. So I think this is what's spurring these conversations is that. Spotify probably could have a good good margin to recruit these free members to premium members, even with Netflix as an example. There's also two arguments to supplement the risk of trying to convert these free users. Number one, Spotify's ag sector actually operates at a loss. They lose money on this $220 million. It costs more money to Spotify <laughs> To get just to like pitch, well, in the whole advertising machine. So, like, it costs money for Spotify to curtail the certain ads to Spotify, it costs money to manage all of these ads, you know, to effectively distribute them through the platform and have the staff mm-hmm. to distribute them. They lose money on their ad sector business right now, damn. So, that's one thing. Uh, and then on top of that, number two, ads. You know, if you're looking for a less risky approach, ads don't have to go all away. They could have a lowered price model, like a Netflix, where some ads could be on the platform, but you still have to pay, right? 
like Netflix has their lower tier that's like $8, $9, I think, but you have some ads. And like Hannah Montana, they could have the best of both worlds. Um, <laughs> but the last incentive I will say is that many in the industry are theorizing, and you may have heard me say this before, that we're kind of hitting the cap on how many people are left to gain into the streaming marketplace. And I'm talking about like people that are like, what? You know, I could join, you know, kind of stuff. People who have dipping their toes finally in, right? Will Page, who is actually Spotify's former chief economist, argues that there are only 110 million qualified households who have the capacity and expendable income to pay for streaming, which is a lot. But there's some concerning numbers with that, right? The general growth of like getting more streaming users per year is stagnating. So, eight new million, like eight million new paying subscribers join the music streaming, you know, industry in 2022, which sounds great, right? Like if I told you eight million more people decided to take the plunge into streaming. That sounds great. Yeah, but that's like so tiny in comparison to the global population. Well, yeah. And on top of that, the rate of growing is is not happening. Like it's stagnating. So it was 8 million new people in 2022. In 2021, it was 8.5 million. In 2020, remember, you got to keep in mind the pandemic mo- like boom with this number. It was 15.1 million. But in 2019, it was 13.5 million. So less people are getting on the streaming train because they're just they're capping out the market. There's no more way they could utilize this, right? It is estimated that apparently, which remember that 110 million marker that uh, Will Page said is probably the top of it. Again, this is a very respected uh, economist in his field. 110 million qualifying households. It's estimated the streaming industry is already at about the $92 million mark. Damn. So if we were continuing on with this $8 million a year, which we're not, it's going to get slower. And then on top of that, the last few holdouts are going to be harder and harder to acquire. We at most probably have like four to five years of like before we hit market capitalization. Like there's no more like, oh, you know, I've never tried this. This is like everybody that's going to stream has streamed and it's going to go down to a near war between everybody, which is what I was going to leave you on before me and Joe talk kind of general thoughts. It said in the article, quote, this near saturation page suggests will ultimately see the herbivore, herbivore, uh, sorry, herb. I can't say it. I'm Joe. We're going to leave this in for you. You have this and I have this, um, the herbivore, behavior of music streaming in the United States today will transform into a carnivore behavior where there was more unconverted music streaming subscribers available in the U S market. Streaming services will have to switch to stealing each other's customers. Damn. So you're going to have to poach. Yeah. This is where it's going to get interesting because remember when I was saying that all these people say that Spotify is a growth company. Mm-hmm. This is proving there's nowhere left to grow. Yeah. Right? And so in the industry in general, so that means we're going to go into, for lack of a better term, which actually I really like the term carnivore behavior. We're going to have more of a direct, you know, we've had, and Joe, count me if I'm wrong, I feel like this. 
I feel like a lot of streaming services when I was coming up and streaming became like a thing, really. We're all like, we pride ourselves on good business. We're really good. You know what I mean? We have all of this. And then it's going to become less mm-hmm. of that. And it's going to become, we're much better than this guy. We're so much better than this guy. This guy sucks. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's going to become how, like, you know, like how cell phone commercials are, where it'll be like, it used to be really bad in the 2000s where it'd be like, Singular sucks. You shouldn't have Singular. You should come to AT&T. You know what I mean? And then they show that giant map like of everything. It's going to be like very dependent on kind of these extra deals that Spotify has kind of toyed around with before where it was like, oh, if you're a student, then you get this like package deal between like Amazon and like It's Spotify. all about bundles, you know? Right. And then, yeah, like I think it's going to be you're going to try to get more into the bundle game of like, oh, if you sign up now, you're actually going to like save more money than if you signed up like See, individually. The only thing about like that. that that I don't like is that Spotify, because it is an ind- it's a huge company, but in terms of the rest of the competitors of streaming, music streaming, it's the only just streaming company. It's independent, right? It's the Netflix of the streaming companies, right? where Netflix isn't part of like an Amazon. It's just Netflix by itself on an island. Spotify with a lot of its bundles has historically had to be like insane, like the student bundle, you know, where it was just the lowest thing ever. And it was seemed like a deal that was too good to be true. I'm afraid they'll lose the bundle argument because of competitors such as Apple who are going to be able to bundle it with their phones and all these cell carriers very easily. Or, you know, an Amazon that can bundle it with a Prime and stuff like that. So I feel like that's where I I agree with you. And I I think we've said it on the show before is that almost the only thing that currently separates all these streaming technologies is the bundling. Because they all look the same and they basically have near identical features, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm a little excited because we had talked about it before. And I think this is really starting to see the uh, economic kind of part of it this will force some competition in the space um what i'm afraid though is it's gonna force now that we're kind of in this place where spotify is by you know on an island by itself apple's its own thing amazon music its thing is that it's gonna go from instead of being like oh it's a carnivore it's all open free market we're all fighting each other this deal's better it's gonna innovate it's gonna go now we'll just eat spotify live and then we'll be an oligarchy for the rest of our careers You know what I mean? Like Apple will be its own thing. Amazon will be its own thing. We'll be, you know what I mean? We'll just take from Spotify basically. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I thought this was really interesting because one, this is very clear numbers about the stagnation of streaming because I think for a long time people have just thought, Oh, this number can grow and grow and grow. We're kind of getting to the point where it's not anymore. And the other it's thing, kind of just that Silicon Valley hype that we oh, were yeah. growing up with is dying out, where it, where it's it's not as it's not as important as it once was. We've also seen and a I unifying think- increase in trying to find different revenue other places. I mean, all of the major streaming companies, not just not just music, have universally raised their prices in the last year or two, right? As a group to mm-hmm. generate more revenue. On top of that, uh, we're also seeing, you know, arguments like this one I'm making about having no free service anymore, right? Uh, And I wanted to kind of get your opinion about this, Joe. Do you think 
Spotify could get. Do you do you think it's a disservice for Spotify to get rid of the free service? I think this is a pretty good like. You mm, could argue either way. I on this. I feel like. Well, first off, I guess I'm biased. I just if you're gonna stream, why would you stream with ads? You know, I this like, is, I understand. This it, is my it, thing. It's if you can't afford it, like that is one thing. Um, I I will say out of a lot of like entertainment things, Spotify is probably the cheapest on the list. Um, even with the price, if you're at a point and I'll say this, like, look, you have to think value time wise with this, right? If you're at a point where you're listening to Spotify and you're using it all the time, um, and it's free, like you got to think of the time you're spending for these ads and at least Spotify is completely free. The one that makes me more upset, which I don't think is much of an option, is a low-tier price model that has ads. Because at that point, mm-hmm. you're paying for it, and then it's a stone's throw away. Looking like, at you, Hulu. Right. It's a stone's <laughs> throw away to get no ads, right? Like, it would literally just be like, hey, pay us $4 more, and you could have no ads. And I, I just think it's crazy because, you know, people that are going into the ad side of it because you just have to think of the value of your time that you're losing to ads every time you watch TV. Right. And on top mm-hmm. of that, like if it's a, if, if you really like, let's say, let's see Spotify now is 1599. Right. And then there was an ad ad one that was like 1099. Right. If you really need that $5, don't have Spotify. If your $5 yeah. is going to murder your budget and your life and your success financially, do not have Spotify. Because, and so that's what I'm afraid for in that kind of in the middle argument is because it's not like you it, – it would be a different story, right? Because Netflix and all these other companies that do traditional kind of TV movie uh, streaming have a walled garden that is very well defended. Music – does not you know what i mean if you were going to say hey we can have it both ways i would just go no youtube why because there's no incentive to their ui whatsoever there's nothing more cool about spotify that would make me go i need to have this for ten dollars than youtube for free you know what i mean youtube's got ads and on top of that, the only thing the only thing I can think of that would be a difference between like the kind of like ad tier Spotify and YouTube is that YouTube regular you can't close the phone with the audio still playing, right? But I yeah. think most people for ten dollars a month would take that, <laughs> you know what I mean, negative, and be like, I have this for free. I and like I was saying with Netflix and stuff like that, they have a wall garden. You can stream the identical song on YouTube for free. It's not like Netflix where it's like, we have the crown. You can't go anywhere else and go watch the crown, right? So, like, that's what I think is interesting about this argument is I I think they would have to go all or nothing. I don't know about you, but I think they would have to go all or nothing if they're going to try to get rid of the ad tier. Yeah, I feel like it... I don't know. I, I, I would agree with you. I think like generally I, I feel like it would be like a waste of time to just kind of have that like middle tier section of, of just like, well, you kind of have ads right here now. 
Um, but to be honest, like, I mean, I, I do think like Hulu has a pretty successful like business structure um, when it comes to the ad space. And I think it's because in a lot of case, in a lot of ways, Hulu's managed to skirt by a lot of bad design and so bad, uh, so bad. And, Don't even get me and honestly, bad pricing just because they're the oldest streaming service. Well, the other like, thing about visual Hulu streaming service is that unlike Unlike Spotify, it is owned by the Walt Disney Corporation. And so the one thing that it has incentivized compared to like a Netflix, which is the closest kind of, you know, comparison to Spotify in that streaming space is bundling. Just the same as like Apple mm-hmm. Music and Amazon have it. The only, I really, the only reason that I think Hulu is at the top of like a lot of people's streaming services is because of that Disney bundle, which I want... Okay, number. Can I go on a tangent here for a second? Uh, number yeah. one thing in business that I've always been told is that if someone wants to give you money, let them give you money. Why in the actual world can you get the Disney Hulu bundle through a phone package and you can't pay more money to have no ads? What is going on? I want to give you more money. Anyway, this is why I don't have Hulu currently because it just pissed me off so much. I went, no more. Um, that, that's my TED Talk. Thanks for coming to it. Uh, next is Mark Zuckerberg. But, you know, uh, <laughs> I just think it's that that's like one of my biggest things with Hulu is that like that whole thing. But also, again, Hulu has a parable here where it is owned by the Walt Disney Corporation. It can have these bundles that no one else can beat because of the bundling situation with it. And at the same time, like it's other owners of the company are like Comcast. (laughs) So it's like it can bundle with live TV in the same way. Like Amazon can bundle with their Amazon package and Amazon video and all that stuff under prime and it's clean and Apple can do it with the phones. It can be defaultly. It works right when you get a phone, it can go with your service plan, all that stuff. That's why I think Spotify, if they did this would have to just cut the ad sector out completely. Um, which again, I would save the company some money, even though they wouldn't gain as much capital, which in the game of high politics, it's, good to have capital, right? Even if it's at a loss, you know, to have it around in your company to have capitalization. But at the same time, I just think they would have to go full force. I think they would have to say, there's no more ads. You have to pay for it. But the other thing I think is they would have to one up the bundling situation. Like you said, very astutely or two, just differentiate the platform from these other competitors. Cause like we've always talked about on the show streaming, it's like tomato, tomato. I bet you other than if you put, I bet you this could be a real thing. If you took like Amazon, Apple and Spotify and put them all on the same screen together in black and white, I bet you couldn't figure out which one was which. Mm-hmm. Like that's how bad it is now. So I'm I, I'm incentivized to see how this goes. I'm just really afraid of it becoming an oligarchy of streaming. You know what I mean? Just being like, ah, oh, we'll yeah. just eat Spotify alive, and then me and uh, Bezos, you know, Apple and Bezos, will just keep it. We'll keep our separate ways. Yeah, I don't know. I think like it's definitely in a very interesting spot. We're kind of due to have 
some sort of disruptor come. CDs are back, baby. Yeah, I don't know, like something. Something's something's coming. Funny enough, I ordered a CD today. <laughs> it's amazing. Did you, you know it's incredibly <laughs> it's incredibly difficult to get lossless audio easily without having to stream it every time. So you have to buy a CD because it's cheaper. Anyway, don't get me started in that. Um, <laughs> Joe, speaking I mean, of you which, could be like you could just buy FLAC files on Bandcamp. No, we're not doing that. That are converted MP3 threes into FLACs. <laughs> yes, every every time. Um. Anyway, Joe, tell me what you've been listening to. I got influenced this week. From you know, I a- got influenced. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Too. So did I. Yeah. Are we going to say the same thing? Wait, are we going to say the same thing? All right, tell me what you're you think. You're 3,000 busted. No. I have a different oh, one. Damn. <laughs> All right, tell me about <laughs> yours, though. Well, you're 3,000 busted. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the track I've been bumping the last couple of days. Um, but I saw it on a TikTok, and I was like, damn, that song was... That, that song slapped back in the day. But... Um, most people know it from the Jonas Brothers cover, which is a cover um, as they yeah. like popularized it in America, pretty much. But the original track was from a UK band called Busted, and it's pretty much the only track anybody knows from them, um, to be honest. But they're still kicking, and they look cool. They have cool tattoos now, which is fun. <laughs> um. But yeah, been listening a lot to that. Listened to Light Me Up um, by Illiterate Light, uh, which was a band that had like a ton of hype in Nashville uh, for a while. I think that they're kind of, they're like split between Nashville and I think like another spot, but it's like two dudes and they like do vocal guitar drums um, and harmonies together. And it's really, really sick. Um, If you like like harder rock, like alternative rock stuff, they're definitely the band for you. Um, and then, yeah, that's, it's about it. Honestly, what have you been listening to? Um, I also got influence. Um, I've been listening to this full song isn't out, but I really like, uh, it, it stirred from this TikTok, And then I think it, the TikTok basically blew up. And so the, the person who made the song was like, I'm going to make this a full song. It's a jokey song, which is very on par for me. But uh, it's called uh, the Planet of the Bass, um, nice. Which is uh, which is a parody of like Euro kind of uh, Euro dance music, basically like EDM '90s Euro dance music. Um, and it's this comedian guy who I'd actually been following for other stuff on TikTok. His name is uh, Kyle Gordon, but like he kind of made this like fun little parody with this other. Uh, person and like their artist name is like featuring dj crazy times and mrs belongia electronica you know like very very on the nose of what they're kind of like poking fun at but like they do this video and uh the song is really catchy uh it comes out on the 15th from what i've seen from his tiktok because i don't think he was intending to make it into a huge thing and then it blew up 
Um, but it, it's like the perfect parody of Eurodance 90s music. You're thinking about like very 90s Eurovision music where none mm-hmm. of the, it's like all in English, but it's like half ling- English, you know, where it's like not, it's, it's not grammatically correct. It's like the words that don't add up. It's like life, it never die. Women are my favorite guy, you know, stuff like that where you're like, <laughs> I get what he's saying, but like, no, um, cyber system overload, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and it's got the same thing where it's got like, you know, the attractive, like, you know, very ballady woman singing the song over the EDM beat. And then he's in the background as like the hype, you know, Euro guy being like, <laughs> put your hands up, you know what I mean? The entire time. <laughs> and, and so it's really funny, but I love that he's leaned into it. He did another TikTok. He's done three TikToks with it. First one was like them in this like set and or this uh, place that I don't really know. It's got to be in like New York or something, but it looks like an art museum or something. And like they're Someone wearing. Someone said it was the it was it was the mall across the street from the nine eleven. That's what it was. Yep. <laughs> and so like uh, he he's like where he's got dyed red hair and like reflective sunglasses and like an assault vest on and black pants with so many pockets and the girls wearing mm-hmm. like almost like a Barbie-esque 90s outfit as well. But, like, that's kind of the whole point of it. Anyway, the funniest part about it is that he's, like, leaned into kind of that it's a parody of Eurodance, and he's done it three times now, and every time he has a different singer in the video because that's how <laughs> Euro's dance was, is that they just replace the main person every time. And so, yeah. and he's the same person every time, and he, they, they don't make any acknowledgement that it's anybody different. So... I really like it. I think it's really funny. And then there, he's also using like, I think the first one was uh, another influencer that I had seen on the platform on TikTok, whose name escapes me right now. And then the second one was the I think the actual girl who sang it. This is all my accusations. I think based on he's he says I flew to create Croatia to film this, and I'm like maybe this was actually the girl and then the third one is another influencer girl that i've seen do a lot of comedy videos too so it seems like one of those things where he 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 just got lightning in a bottle just hit something so hard and people are like actually i kind of fuck with this song and so i really (laughs) like it i think it's really funny i saw a video of him like performing it in a club too that was really funny um Anyway, it kind of it's just like the perfect musical joke his other videos he's like a comedian yeah he just and does like, like straight I, up comedy videos usually, and then like clearly has some musical background as well. But it's like he's not like a oh I'm a you know singer songwriter. He just does a lot of parodies. Iconic. But maybe maybe this will be the start. Maybe he'll just DJ DG DJ crazy, crazy times. times. <laughs> DJ crazy times for life. Yeah right. Oh, God. Um, well, I've had a DJ crazy time with you, Colin. Lock your doors, hold your cats. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening to the Biz Tape, your all things music business and media podcast. We sure do appreciate you out there. If you want to do one more favor for us, please rate it, share it, do whatever you want. Helps out the show anyway. But we also have our socials at the Biz Tape pretty much everywhere if you feel like you want to listen to more, as well as many episodes on many different topics on this page where you're listening to now. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app.